0: You're listening to the weekly sermon podcast from Liberty Family Church. For more information about our church, head to the website, libertyfamilychurch.net.au. Good morning, everyone. Morning. Uh, If anyone's new or visiting here or online, my name's Laura. I'm community pastor here and I have the joy of sharing with us the word this morning, bringing some encouragement from the word. But as we start, I've got a riddle for you. Anyone in our connect group who was there Wednesday night cannot answer this because you know what I'm preaching about today. <laughs> okay, the riddle is this, see if you can solve it. For those who desperately pursue it, so you're trying to say, what is it? For those who desperately pursue it, it's fleeting. For those who can't escape it, it's oppressive. For those who are subject to it, it's resented. Alas, all seek it and only one truly has it. We'll read it again. For those who desperately pursue it, it's fleeting. Your cogs turning. For those who can't escape it, it's oppressive. For those who are subject to it, it's resented. Alas, all seek it and only one truly has it does anyone have a guess as to what it is call it out beauty oh well that could fit i guess although yeah yeah maybe maybe but it's not the, it's not it okay no (laughs) anyone else salvation no oh good one no no not quite anyone else before i reveal authority close close it's control Control. So I'll read it again. We'll fill in the blanks. For those who desperately pursue control, it's fleeting. For those who can't escape control, it's oppressive. For those who are subject to control, it's resented. Alas, all seek control and only one truly has it. We know that one of course is God. So today, following on from Joel's message last week on the heart idol of power, we're in this series of idols of the heart and we looked at power last week. We're going to look at another idol, the idol of control, similar to the idol of power but that can grip our hearts preventing us from experiencing all the blessing that God had hoped and designed us to experience in life lived with him. But we're not simply going to look at the symptoms and the consequences of this idol of control that has grips over our hearts, but also what hope there is for us uh, to be free of its clutches. So how about we pray together now as we open the word. Loving God, we thank you for this time that we have here together this morning. Lord, it's so good to gather together. It's so good to take the time in the week, to make the time in our week, to sit with those who, who share our faith, who are brothers and sisters in Christ, to fellowship together and to sit under the authority of your word as we worship you, Lord. And so we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would move in our hearts this morning as we make space for you. We want to have ears that hear, hearts that want to be changed and transformed more into your likeness, Jesus, out of reverence for all that you have done and for the mighty God that you are. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. So the riddle's true, isn't it? All of us are prone to seek control in various ways in our lives. You know, sometimes this uh, inclination to seek control takes um, less consequential or even laughable forms. You know, everyone has an opinion on how to stack the dishwasher, don't they? Everyone has an opinion. In the household, there's always someone who wants to loop the toilet paper over, someone who wants to loop it under, and everyone thinks their way is right, yeah? less consequential, even laughable forms that we seek to do things our way, to be in control. Other times our efforts at control may, might take a more organisational or managerial bent, like you know managing the family schedule. For those of us with children, you know we might uh, seek to run a tight ship in the after-school routine as we try and get in swimming lessons and you know bath and bed and reading and all those sort of things, brushing the teeth. Keeping a tab on our finances, you know, budgeting, projecting, saving, all of that, like an organisational, or managerial bent to our lives. Other times our efforts at control can manifest themselves in the creation or like curation of a life, an image that we deem to be good a life that we deem to be good or worth living. You know, we might seek to control the image of ourselves we project to the world, carefully shaping and projecting our ideal self through um, an intentionally curated social media platform, for instance, the way that we dress, the hobbies that we pursue, our interests and the like. Sometimes this is done in order, when we actually dig down a bit deeper, to seek approval or acceptance, the acceptance of others. Our vocation might be another area in our life in which we seek to exercise control. You know, we plan and position ourselves in the world of work, making calculated, considered career, study, professional development decisions in order to steer the ship of our work lives to where we would like for it to go. Our personal relationships, the relationships we have with others are another area of life In which these yearnings for control can come about, can be made manifest. You know we might seek to position ourselves for acceptance or approval with various friends or in different friendship circles or maybe take charge over or change the behavior of a spouse or our children. Now As i say all of this don't hear me wrong making decisions and setting in place systems and goals and plans in our lives and in our relationships you know to better your marriage to seek to transformation in different areas of our lives or to take charge over finances of our lives this is by no means wrong you know the bible says we heard earlier this morning we are created in god's image and that can mean two things. First, that we are, you know, like a father-child relationship; we are in His image, but also that we are made to partner with Him. We also sang about this morning in that first song, "Dominion," to share partnership with Him in the um, the dominion of this world, in the care of this world around us. And so, God does enjoy when we take charge of our lives. I think as a parent, He loves a parent. You know, you love to see what choices your children make in life. You know, my children now at, you know, kinder, young school years, younger school years, you love to see what they've chosen to paint, don't you? like, oh, wow, that's fantastic. You know, I think similarly, there's a heart of God and he, he loves to see the ways that we partner with him in our creativity and the way that we take dominion to exercise responsibility in this world that he's given us to steward with him. He delights in it. But the clincher is this that God desires that we do this in ways that partner with him, with a heart that seeks to honour him in all things. It's about a heart posture that is submitted to and yielded to him. And those of us here today who we call ourselves followers of Jesus, his followers, we likely know, if we sit and think about it long enough, we likely know the difference, what it feels like to make decisions and plans to direct our lives from a place of peace, of worship and of prayer, a place with God, in partnership with God, and conversely doing so out of a sense of grasping to pull tightly into ourselves, um, you know, all the elements over which we're seeking to exercise control. You know, those different approaches, they do, they feel entirely different, don't they? We've all probably made decisions in both of those head spaces and heart spaces before. They are entirely different in their substance. You know, made with God, in worship to God, out of reverence for Christ, our plans are made from a posture of peace and joy in our life. We enjoy the journey and the discovery and adventure that comes as we partner with God in these things. But when we plan and order our lives out on our own, you know, seeking to control outcomes, to control situations, to control our image, we do so from a place of fear. And this is the tone of control that I'm speaking to this morning, that we're addressing in this message. And if we think about that, if we sit in it long enough, we come to realize that it really is fear that is at the root of our desire to control our lives and the different elements. Fear that we won't have enough or that we won't be enough. We'll be lacking in some way, be it honour, acclaim, love, finances, meaning, worth, you fill in the blanks, time. We seek to secure ourselves and our peace by lining up all our ducks in a row in some sort of effort to control outcomes in our life. As uh, Joel explained last week, Christian pastor and Theologian and apologist Tim Keller, he says this: an idol is anything to which you give your loyalty, allegiance, and affections. We're talking about our worship. Our worship in exchange for some greater sense of meaning, purpose, comfort, or security. I'll say that again: an idol is anything in your life to which you give your loyalty, allegiance, and affections, your worship in exchange for some greater sense of meaning, purpose, comfort, or security. Following on from that, with respect to the idol of control, Christian writer Susan Blandford, she says this, Control idolatry. Control idolatry is when we seek to derive our self-worth and meaning from life by focusing our energies on mastering something, I would say also maybe someone, rather than from abiding in Christ. I find that so powerful, that hits home for me. Control idolatry is when we seek to derive our self-worth and meaning from life by focusing our energies on mastering something rather than from abiding in Christ. You know, it might be mastery over our children's behavior so as to reflect well on us as parents or grandparents. Mastery over the level of comfort or success we experience in life in the area of finances. Mastery over how our retirement years are spent. Mastery over whether people approve or disapprove, accept or reject us. Mastery of our emotional, our emotional needs via the input of a spouse, a family member, our children, a friend. Mastery of our image, worth in the world of work. The list goes on, you know, it's really fill in the blank. These are just a few examples we can seek control in so many areas of our lives. And in all these ways and more, when it all boils down to it, what we're actually seeking is to control, to master for ourselves what we consider to be the good life, yeah? Isn't it true that we all desire the good life? We, there's not a single one of us who would say, oh yeah, I hope for a really rough life. <laughs> you know, that's my hope, that's my goal, to have a really rough life. No, we all hope. That's our it's core to who we are. We we aspire for a good life, a better life or blessing in Bible speak. It's core to the Bible's description of the inner workings of the human heart. Psychologists will attest to it, our own personal experience attest to that. And this is the big picture question that the scriptures ask to every human heart. It's this are we gonna seek to get the good life or blessing for ourselves? by control mastery of our own situations and circumstances or are we prepared to trust God when he says that all blessing comes from him, him alone, a life lived in joyful submission to him, you know, surrender, that deep trust in the character of God to provide for all our needs, that he is our loving father, our maker who made us, who loves us, who cares for us, who desires to be our father and for us to know him as such. This is the choice that was set before Adam and Eve in the garden at the beginning and it's the same choice that is set before every human being who ever has or ever will walk the face of this earth. But scripture is abundantly, abundantly clear in this, that this desire to control our destinies, to master our own lives, to construct for ourselves the good life will ultimately always destroy us. It will consume us. It will enslave us and it will destroy us. This is the very essence of sin in our lives. All through scripture we see the dire consequences that await humankind as we go out to forge a life of our own making, control, without reverence. God you know by no means an exhaustive list again Adam and Eve their independence in the garden painting a very clear picture of the destruction that takes place when humans seek to seize autonomy from our maker Cain's taking God's place as the giver and sustainer of life murdering his brother Abel out of a heart of rebellion and pride and jealousy and you know you just read Cain's genealogy you see the destruction all through that family line um, going through the generations Jacob seeking to obtain the good life, the blessing of God by his own efforts on his own terms. The newly forged nation of Israel barred from entering the promised land after you know, being freed out of Egypt, meeting God at Mount Sinai. They are barred from meeting the promised land and experiencing the incredible blessing, the goodness of God that he had hoped for them to experience there. The consequence of their constant grumbling Rebellion and failure to trust God at his word that he would provide for their military campaign. The terrible downward spiral of the nation of Israel all through the period of the judges and the kings, as they compromised on the terms of their covenant with God, failing to devote themselves fully to the Lord and to get rid of the land of compromising influences. Israel's failure to heed God's call to repentance made through the prophets, leading to their ultimate dispersion as a people in exile. You know, and that's just part of the Old Testament, you know. All through history we see the, the terrible destruction that takes place when we seek to seize autonomy and seek control over our own lives, a position and a, um, a responsibility that ultimately is God's alone. God wants to partner with us, not have us seize control from him But God would offer us, and this is the hope, he would offer us a better way, a higher way, and a more perfect way that actually brings about the true blessing and the peace and the rest, that good life that we are all seeking. And that way is to trust him. It's as simple as that, but as difficult as that too. It is to trust him. And although this seems, you know, counterintuitive to our hearts that are conditioned, you know, we, it's just core to us to want to do life on our own terms, on our own way. It truly is the path that brings us ultimately to that good life that we all desire. You know, many years ago now, in what feels like another lifetime, before the pitter-patter of tiny feet in our household, early on in our married life, Joel and I decided to travel to the States on a trip to visit his family in North Carolina. Um, We wanted to experience the energy and charisma of New York City, and while we were there, or in the region at least, um, we went down to visit um, friends and previous pastor um, of this church here in their new home and ministry in Haiti. And now obviously, all these great things we had planned for this trip, required us to undergo a long-haul flight across the Pacific. There's no other way to get onto the trip but to catch a plane. I guess you could take a boat, I don't even know if that's an option anymore. But yeah, a plane across the Pacific. Now this flight, this night flight was all going very nicely and I must admit now sometimes as a parent with young children I fantasise my parents recently had a long-haul flight. I fantasised about being on that flight and being able to sit down for 18 hours or whatever their flight from New York to Auckland was doing nothing being fed watching movies It sounds wonderful. I would even bear economy to go through that not that I've ever traveled any other class But I would I would go a long-haul flight So we settled in we had our foil wrapped airplane dinners We'd chosen a movie to watch before we were going to try and get some sleep and then we hit a patch of turbulence Now I've never been a great flyer I find the whole experience really unnatural and unnerving um, and I engage in a whole lot of prayer and positive self-talk, um, you know, trying to bring you know, my logical cognitive part of my brain to have precedence over my, you know, the fear response that um, wells up in me as we're up in the air. I've never been a great flyer. I know at a conscious level that every flight has its bumps, its shakes, its ups and downs, just as you know, traveling in a car or a bus on the road does. You know The aircraft's traveling at high speed across different you know, zones of air pressure, all of that, of course, it's gonna be bumpy at times. But this was unlike anything that I had ever experienced to that date or have since. We'd been served drinks after the dinner service and we were there having been told to put our seat belts on and the cabin crew told to sit down with their seat belts too, which you know that it's gonna be really bumpy if that's happening. So we had our seatbelts on, I was watching my hot cup of tea like literally leap this far out of the cup and back in, you know, experienced like periods of prolonged weightlessness as the aircraft was like buffeted around. I was, you know, scared out of my boots and being the nervous flyer that I am anyway, you know, I was thinking, oh gosh, are we to, is this to be our end in the Pacific Ocean? In the night flight. (laughs) Um, Now, could I have bettered my lot? Could I have bettered my experience? and the experience for all my fellow travellers, if I had jumped to my feet, raced to the cockpit in a pre 9-11 era perhaps, before doors were always locked, flung open the door and grabbed control of the flight controls with my two hands. Could I have bettered my lot? Would I have felt or been more in control at that point? No, of course not. As much as I might've wanted to do anything, anything at all, to improve my comfort and sense of peace and safety on that flight, that action would have been absolutely, if I'd been able to complete that action, would have been absolutely counterproductive and detrimental and dangerous to both myself and everyone else on board that aircraft that night. I am not a qualified pilot, despite my long-held dreams of being an astronaut for a good number of years in my late childhood, I would not be a good pilot either because I don't have the nerve And so I don't have the skill set to do that. I would not have been a good one to take control of that aircraft at that time. It wasn't the flight I'd hoped for. It wasn't the smooth, stress-free, relaxing trip to the States that I would have chosen for myself. My level of comfort was completely out of my control and I was at the mercy, well ultimately, of God but at the skill and the wisdom and experience of those who were flying the aircraft and the good engineering of the aircraft, you know, being engineered to withstand those types of pressures and stresses being placed upon it. But my best and only option was to relinquish control to those who were better equipped than I was to handle this situation. Despite the many ways that we, as human beings, made for life joyfully submitted to our Maker God. And even those of us who try to seek to follow God, despite the ways that we try and grab the reins of our lives in some sort of anxious and fearful pursuit to keep ourselves secure, happy, blessed, God still graciously invites us into true peace, true security, true safety and rest under the shadow of his wing. You know, there is true freedom, to be found in repenting that means turning away from choosing not to walk that way anymore but to walk in life another way turning away from our own efforts to secure for ourselves and by our own means what only god can give love joy peace security safety ultimately rest and freedom you know the one who separated light from dark who set in motion the laws of physics that hold the universe together, the one who gave us life by his very breath and calls each of us here today by name. He encourages this. These are the words of Jesus. And I invite you as I speak them now, maybe just close your eyes and let the Holy Spirit speak to you as we read from the scripture. These are the words of Jesus. Therefore, I tell you, this is Jesus. Do not worry about your life about what you will eat or drink? Or about your body, what you will wear? Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying at a single hour to your life What shall we drink? What shall we wear? You fill in the blank for yourself this morning. The things that you fear that make you anxious or worried. The pagans, those who don't know the heart of God, who don't know the love of God, they run after these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Be joyfully submitted to our maker. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. They're Jesus' words from Matthew 6:25 to 34. You know, it's been said that a Jewish rabbi, he once said that the whole of the Bible, is to say the big picture theme that continues right from Genesis all the way through, to revelation can be summed up with this verse from Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. And it's this Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Don't try and do life your way. Don't try and grab the reins. Don't try and seek control. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. Submit to Him joyfully. He's our loving Heavenly Father. Acknowledge Him and he will direct your paths. Friends, the invitation today is this. We don't need to seek, to continue to seek, to master our own lives, not when we have a loving, almighty, heavenly Father who promises good to all who seek him. We don't need to. It's as simple as that. And as difficult as that, but we can rest. We can choose to put our trust in God, the God who made us, who saves us, and who cares for us. You know, choosing to exercise faith and trust, trusting in Him, is where we find the blessing, the safety, acceptance, love, rest, the good life that our souls desire, that every human heart desires. This is by no means a once-off exercise either, right? It's not like you do it once and you're set for life, but it's a continued surrender of our desire to control our own lives, sometimes day by day, moment by moment, situation by situation, continued surrender, a conscious decision to walk in surrendered and joyful submission to our Maker, our Saviour and our Father, choosing to trust that He is He always has been and always will be enough. It's maybe just where we are now. Let's take a moment of prayer. Just invite you to maybe bow your heads. Just to consider this morning as the Holy Spirit is moving in our hearts, he's here with us today. Where is God inviting me to let go of the reins and to trust him instead? In what area of my life or areas, in what things, in what relationships, what situations, what issues of the heart, where is God inviting me today to let go of the reins and to trust him instead? Maybe you're here today or you're listening online and... Maybe you don't know God as your loving Heavenly Father this morning. But maybe you desperately want to. You want to be able to rest and find true rest, the rest that your soul desires. You're realising today that that can only be found in a relationship with your Maker. I encourage you to reach out to Him in prayer now. There's no right way of praying. Just speak what's on your heart. Let Him know that you want to be known as His child. Thank Him for Jesus. That he's made the way open to the Father through his death and his resurrection. Thank, you, thank him for a relationship restored through what Jesus has done. Where is God inviting us to let go of the reins of our lives and to trust him instead? Let's just lift those things before God in prayer. taking as it were a big spiritual exhale. God, I give it to you. I give you my finances. I give you the worry that plagues my heart over my children. I give you the need to seek approval through the image that I project of myself to the world. You've already approved of me. whatever it is this morning give it over to god he loves us he cares for us he desires that we would come close loving god we thank you this morning that you loved us so much that you went to the cross jesus you are the perfect perfect example of what it means we look to you when we when we have this Uh, response in our hearts where we want want to let go we want to trust you joyfully submit ourselves to you God we look to Jesus and we see Jesus that you did that perfectly in your life you trusted the father completely and wholly and perfectly even to death on a cross we thank you for that Jesus we thank you that you went all the way that your trust didn't waver in your father And Lord, as was said earlier, just as we came to salvation, as we came into right relationship through your grace, through putting our faith in your grace alone, we continue in that grace and we know, Lord, that we can't stop ourselves from worrying. We can't stop ourselves from being an anxious people, fearing that we won't have enough. But Holy Spirit, your grace continues to perfect us, to make us more like the image of Jesus trusted you completely and wholly and we ask Holy Spirit that you would continue this morning to do that work deep in our hearts bringing us to places of surrender and of peace of deep reliance not just at a, a, a logical level like we assent to that oh yes that would be a good thing to rely on God but where we know that we know that we know the peace of God as we have truly handed our burdens over trusting that you alone are enough, God. We pray you make your will perfect in us, Jesus. We want to follow you nearly. We want to love you dearly. We treasure you, Jesus. And we thank you that this good life that you desire for every human heart is only and it can be found in you today. So we surrender again to that. We thank you for the rest and the freedom and the joy that comes as we do that. We love you together. We join our hearts together this morning to thank you, to bring you honour and glory, to worship you. And everyone together said, Amen.